This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. You've tuned into a conversation between myself and Sasha Gerstner from Halloween. The catalyst for the chat is due to Halloween's brand new studio album for 2021. It's a self-titled effort and it will see light of day via nuclear blast on June 18. A couple of quick points before we dive into the conversation. Up top, we talk about Sasha's alter ego, Palast. Then, of course, we dive into the new Halloween album, some intricacies surrounding the return of two very prominent former members. We talk about a bunch of other stuff before we get to Michael Schenker. So here he is, Sasha Gerstner from Halloween. Hello. Sasha, how are you going? Hi, Andrew. Hi. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, you're right, can you hear me? Um, hold on one sec. There's, um, yeah, here we are. Gotcha. I can, I can't see you, but that's all right. We can still chat. All good. Yeah, sure. No worries. I was just, uh, I was listening to the Halloween album, of course, but then I got onto Palast and I, I was really enjoying it, I've got to say. Oh, really? And how did you find that? Oh, just usual Googling. I always do that in preparation for interviews. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, it reminds me of Empire of the Sun in a good way. I say that. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Empire of the Sun, but what you're doing there reminds yeah. me a lot of what yeah. Luke Steele and uh, Nick Littlemore from Penyao are doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't, don't know that I'm doing that. So it's it's kind of an alter ego. I, I was creating at one point, yeah. Mm. Nice, nice that you like it, since it's so different, right? <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm a musician, and what I'm really saying there is I get into everything. Metal is just one of the things that I love and enjoy. Yeah. And I, I Same dig... Here. Well, I, 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 gosh, you can you can tell with what you're doing there. I dig what you're doing with the synth wave sounds. It's killer. Like Kavinsky, yeah. you know, French artist Kavinsky, it reminds me of that too. Yeah. You, you know what? what? The, the thing is, before I... Um, started playing guitar um, I was into pop music and new wave a lot so when you know when in, in the age when you start um, um, listening to music consciously you know you're 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 discovering music and and at that part I didn't know about heavy metal or anything else so I was more into uh, pop music by that time in, mm. in the 80s and then also I discovered new wave and and like what uh, Gary Newman was doing with um, you know, like the late seventies, early eighties uh, synthesizer stuff, and I was fascinated by synthesizers and synthesizer music, and that's that's kind of that's um, part of my my musical core. And then you know, when when I was thirteen years old, I I, I um, started playing guitar, and then of course I got into all this like shredding and and um, guitar hero stuff, um, and and yeah, so I kind of lost it, and then. But I always, always was into synthesizers. Mm. That's great. It's killer to see somebody branching out and doing what it is that's in their heart, musically speaking. I've long felt that doesn't matter whether you're in a satanic black metal band like Watain, if this sort of music is within your spirit, within your soul, and that music is as well, do both. There's no rules. Yeah, yeah. 
that, that that's the thing you know it's all it's all about music and hmm. and also you know um who who are who are who am i to tell someone what's good music and what's bad music right Mm-hmm. Well, I think who was anybody, to be honest with you, but a lot of people try. God knows. Uh, have, have you copped any stick from the metal fans? You know, the, the, the battle jacket or battle vest wearing metal fans about doing Palast? Oh, no. Uh, well, a, a lot of, lot of um, most fans don't know that I'm doing that. So I was kind of, you know, building up this like new fresh band out of Berlin, you know, and mm. And nobody even knew that I'm the guitar player in Halloween. So I would like um, be in a festival with this band playing and then some other bands would come up to me and, and giving me tips and stuff. They would go like, oh, well, <laughs> well you know, we, we, we started out at 1.2 and you're doing good. You're very professional and just keep doing what you do and you'll get there, you know, and, and something. And, and, and I'll go like, oh, thank you. That's very kind of you, you know, and they don't know that I'm the guitar player in Halloween. So. It's kind. Of, it's quite funny too, you know. Has anybody done that? And then you've said you have. You must have said it at least once. You said, "Yeah, I know. I'm the guitarist in Halloween," and they're like, "Oh shit! I'm so sorry." <laughs> no, no, I, I, I didn't. Of course, word goes around at one point. If, I mean, if if one person knows, then it's it's kind of spreading. So so over time, people get to know that it's me and and I don't know how, how they felt about it but but there's one funny story though that I uh, I was playing a show with Palast and then um, we went out to the merchandise to to sign some stuff you know and then these two girls came up to me and and then they were like well you know what you look totally like the guitar player in Halloween and the other girl goes no that isn't him he's much fatter <laughs> <laughs> and, and did did you have to go, go what, what did you say to them did you say uh, oh I'm not going to be mean sorry I was going to say did you say yeah no that's that's Kai I shouldn't say that but you know what I mean like, no, I know no, he's not no, fat no, no, I know was, he's not fat by I, the way I was, but, like, you know. <laughs> I was like well you know what it, it's funny I must check out this guy because um, some people were telling me that before that, that we kind of look alike and, and I, I need to check out this guy, you know, I was like that way. I didn't tell him that, that it's me, you know, but it, it was quite funny because they were arguing about if it's, if it's me or not, you know, so uh-huh. it was, it was quite funny. So it's, it's yeah. like being an actor. I kind of enjoy that, that, that I was also, I wasn't very sure about how the metal scene would take it, you know, because a lot of people are very, um, aggressive about looks and, mm. and the genre itself. You know, yeah. so and 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 so I was was kind of planning it around when, when I when I came out with this in 215, I was kind of, OK, let's do it with a second name, creating this alter ego. Nobody knows that I'm doing this. It's 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 like starting out from from zero, you know, and then um, people won't know people won't blame, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I think most metal fans are pretty open-minded these days. It's not like what it was in the 80s and 90s and even early 2000s where it was it's metal or die. I think with the... Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. The, the best thing about the streaming era is that everything's available. Every every bit of music virtually ever recorded and released by a label of 
even slight significance. So even a label that was started in someone's bedroom back in the 70s has a presence either on YouTube or through streaming. So, I mean, playlists these days veer from jazz to funk to punk to black and death metal to you guys. Nothing's off uh, off limits these days it's yeah i'd be very surprised mate if you copped any stick for what you're doing here because the, the other thing it's actually very good music it's well written and the first thing I, I started to think critically about what you were doing in palast and i thought wow some of these songs could be repurposed or some of them from a melodic perspective they could easily be halloween songs but kind of yeah i mean there's there's a there's a core in the songwriting i mean the the, the sound is kind of is it's like the the um, border here, you know, you, you're having a range when, when I'm writing for Halloween, there's this range of sounds I can use and I clearly can't, can't come up with songs um, I'm doing for Palace because then they would go, oh, that's nothing like Halloween. So um, it's it's more or less the sound, but of course the melodies and, and subjects and, you know, um, I mean, that's that's what you what you do. And, and, and then you have like this color or the, the visual aspect that, that gives it any direction, you know. And then on the other hand, I have to say, as an artist, um, I kind of like that some bands or some artists are very traditional. You know, if you if you take Maiden, for instance, Hmm. there, I mean, Adrian Smith, he goes, he goes, he steps a bit over the line, if you want want to say so. But, you know, they're they're all like sticking to what they're doing. And I, I respect that. But for me, it's like, because a lot of people were going, when is your solo album coming out? When are you doing any solo work? And and then they expecting you to do something like Halloween. And I'm going like, okay, but that's what I'm already doing. I'm, I mean, my heart in that type of music or genre is fulfilled already. So hmm. um, it would be not a lot of fun for me to do that as, aside from Halloween because um, everything I can give in that direction, I want to give to my band. And, and so it... it it wouldn't have made sense for me to do the same thing with any other project at, at this point of time, you know? Yeah, so I, I kind of respect that people stick to, to their roots and to, but here's the thing. These are my roots. My, my roots are very mixed up. You know, I started mm. out listening to Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel from when I was very little on, you know, it wasn't like rock and metal per se, you know? So, um, and I kind of, Due, due to the uh, guitar playing, I kind of slipped into that scene, and and um, and that's that's how it went down. But but in the core, there's so much variety in my music taste that I couldn't just stick to one thing. It would be not very fulfilling for my artist's heart, you know. Mm. Yes, indeed. So look, let's talk about this album here. This is your seventh studio album, I believe, in Halloween. And uh, there are many other live best of collections and EPs that uh, you've participated in since you joined the group in time for Rabbit Don't Come Easy in 2003. But the new album, mm-hmm. it's look, it's strong enough to be up there, I think, with Gambling with the Devil from 2007, which was a which is a huge flex, by the way, of the band's power. Do you feel the same way? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by flex? Uh, you know, you're, you're basically demonstrating the power of the band that what I said to, cause I had a chat to Marcus last week and I said, it's very unusual for a band to come out with, I think it's probably the band's strongest album, to be honest with you, 14 or 15 albums into their career. But it, that's what happened with gambling with the devil, an album that you were a part of as well. 
but I've only had this self-titled album for a week or so, and I'm thinking it's almost as strong. So do you feel the same way? Um, well, I, I got to say, um, you know, b- before we did this record, um, we had a very stable lineup. And, and that shows in a couple of records we did in between, you know, hmm. so that um, we, we're used to each other. We had like this perfect machinery of writing songs and getting songs together, um, like forming albums, you know, because we always would write a lot of songs and then not all of them would end up on a record. But we always wanted to perfectionate um, the flow of an album. And then, um, of course... We we had we had a peak with the gambling with the devil because that was like the the first album where we where we've been uh, a real band I would say hmm. um, because when when you have like lineup change changes you know when I joined the band there were like two drummers and then Danny came into the band and then we we went on tour and when you're going on tour you you get to know you get to know each other very well and and so it takes some time until you have this um, machinery uh, going, you know, and and so you have a couple of peaks there in, in the records. But with this, of course, you have the addition of, of the old two new members again, you know, it's it's more energy, of course, um, more mm-hmm. people, is, well, it gives you more energy. And then also we kind of had the pressure to um, combine all eras of the band into one record and and it's 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 a perfect um how can you say that it's a perfect um um combination of of all the eras and it's it's continuing what we did on the tour before you know we went went on a tour as a seven yeah. piece and and then what i really liked is that kai for instance he said like hey i i don't want to have this uh, kind of a um, um, two-piece band like there's like this old lineup and then there's this new lineup and we split it up let's let's just play all the songs together and I kind I kind of like that idea because that made us become a band and that wasn't planned you know it was it just came naturally it was more more of um, like going on tour for two years um, figuring out a great set and that kind of made us or led us into this this um, um, album, you know. At the, at the end, we could say, like, clearly say, like, okay, let's let's do an album together because it makes sense. We became a band. We at one point we went on on the tour. We went like to our management. Please, can we not call this Pumpkins United anymore? It's just Halloween. That's 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 Halloween in 2019 or wh- whenever it was, and hmm. and it made just sense for us to. Um, Give that energy and feeling we had uh, into this record, which makes it very strong, I think. Yeah, and that's my point. It is a strong album, but I don't think it would have been easy because when I spoke to Marcus, I, I did ask him about the return of Kai Hansen on guitars and vocals and Michael mm-hmm. Kiske on vocals since their initial departures in 89 and 93, respectively. But, of course, Andy, he's been the group singer for 27 years now so you've got three lead vocalists and Marcus mentioned that he wasn't present in the studio when a lot of decisions were made around who was going to take the lead vocal in certain songs now I assume you were because I know you've got a production and engineering background so if you were in the studio can you tell me how the band 
came to a decision about who would sing lead vocals on which parts in songs and indeed on which songs? Well, it, it was very natural. Um, first, you got to know is that Andy and, and Michael, they get along very well. It was like almost, I would say, love at first sight. Hmm. So um, we didn't expect that to happen, you know, like from the first meetings we had when we were talking about uh, reuniting the band and and um, we, we, we of course, you expect to get along with each other. And so you can do that. But but especially these two are getting along very well. And then I have to say, um, um, Charlie Bauerfeind, our producer, he had a great idea. He, he did the same thing for vocals as he did for guitars. He was like. You know, um, when I saw you live, um, there was a certain matching and energy happening and happened, and then I want, uh, wanted that to have on on the record as well. So how 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 are we going to do that? We are. I want you all to record all of your ideas, everything you have, and and in the end, I want to combine it to a point where I have the same feeling I have when I'm watching you guys live because it's a perfect combination. We, we instantly, Kai and, and, and Mikey and me, we, we did the same thing with guitars before, you know, um, just in a natural way. There were, there were no fights about who's playing what, you know, it was for the live set, you know, it was more, it was a natural way and we kind of, in a natural way, we kind of um, combined it so it's very well balanced and there was no ego or something coming up. And the same way it happened with vocals. So I think the tour laid down the basis of what we've been able to do on the album. And then also Charlie, who, who saw us live a couple of times, he wanted to have that feeling and that was his core interest to the album. Um, and, and that made, made it very easy for the singers and very easy for the guitarists to um, not fight over parts or whatever, because there was someone combining all that together, you know. It sounds easier than it probably was, but apart from what you were dealing there, uh, or not dealing with, but, you know, the, the decisions that had to be made around the vocal slot, did you have any, any real challenges? Because, of course, this would have been, the album would have been recorded during COVID and the lockdowns. Um, the album was recorded before that. Oh, um, okay. The, right. Yeah, uh, COVID just hit us when we've been like in the last section of of recordings and and mix downs and stuff like that. So like the, the mixing sessions were were happening um, by that time, but oh. the recordings and the, and the writing um, was was happening before. And um, you know, the challenge here, as I said before, was more or less um, how can we combine all errors onto one album and still mm. keep the flow so that it sounds like a, a um, compact um, album and not something like, oh, there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, you know? So um, that was that was a real challenge. And then also we we had a lot of time, which made it easier for us was that we, that we went into pre-production which we didn't do for for a long time anymore. Um, so we we just spent more time concentrating on the songs to perfectionate the the songwriting and the arrangements and um, and then for the recordings the same thing. We we were um, recording in in two studios at the same time. So the guitar, you know, normally you would start with 
drums. So we recorded drums um, in Hamburg and then in in the other studio where I was recording. And after drums were done, we started with the guitars. And that happened kind of in a parallel manner. So I would start with the first five songs and then Charlie would send them over to Hamburg, Hamburg to the studio in Hamburg. So Kai would continue with those five songs while I'm recording the next one. Hmm. And so we had the ability to to work parallel on the on the, on the same songs, kind of, and and spending a lot of times crafting sounds and stuff like that, which hmm. makes it more easy. And you know, before we had like any any albums before we had like three months to to make a record and to go back on tour again and. And this time we just spent much more time for everything. Hmm. Did you bring any songs completed or thereabouts or the framework for any songs into the recording sessions? Or do you, do you more or less rely on someone in the band who, who is considered the chief songwriter to bring in the framework and you just sort of put meat on it, so to speak? Um, what the, the good thing about Halloween is that we have a lot of songwriters. So what we mm. what we basically always did, and and we did for this album as well, is each songwriter would write songs, and then at one point, long before we're starting pre-production and everything, we would meet somewhere and and play the demos to each other. You know, and the, and the good thing is, you know, everybody has a studio at home. So so when for instance when I, when I'm writing songs. I would record everything I have on my mind, uh, all the instruments. I would even sing on that, so that you would have all these versions with my voice on it. So mm -hmm. the singers know what's the song about and how, mm -hmm. how the melody goes and everything. So and then um, what we did is we in, in early 2019 we uh, met um, in Hamburg and and played demos to each other. So and and that's a that's a nice moment because you know you're working for yourself. The whole time and then at one point you meet and then you're very curious about what the other guys come up with you know mm. and then we would set up our stereo and then would play the songs and the management would be there and and you know and we all uh, over the years it, it was like a, a big growing family with management and producer you know charlie bauerfeind he's producing mm -hmm. halloween since i joined the band and and the album before and so it's a big family sitting there listening to the songs and then you can kind of find out a tendency to what kind of songs the band is leaning to in the management and 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 the, and the, and the producer and and then you have a core of songs you're saying on hey let's work on this you know and that's that's always our way to do that so everybody would write songs and of course you have andy who is who is a brilliant songwriter he's He's a songwriting machine. He can just <laughs> yeah. shake off songs out of his body, you know, out of <laughs> his mind. So. so this is the second self-titled release by the group. Now, the first one was an EP in 1985, one of the first official releases. Mm -hmm. And now you've got this eponymously titled album. Would you say this is the band in some ways trying to bring full circle, trying to bring things full circle? Um. I would say so in in a in a in a good way it is because um, you know how we went down is we had we had a, a, a different title before uh, a working title and then um, at one point when we listened to all the songs during the production hmm. um, it was like 
well, everything that that's moved us in the last couple of years with the touring and the getting back together and then also um, the relationship we have with each other and then also combining all the singers and guitar players to a wonderful um, piece, you know, it, it just sounds perfect to say, hey, that's Halloween. That's that's what it is. That's it's it feels complete. You know, that's that's why we came up with this title. That's what we said, like, why not calling it self-titled? That's that's Halloween. You know, there was a start and I wouldn't say this is the end, but but hmm. it's now this is like a beginning of a new era. What's your favorite song on the album? Oh, oh, that's 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 very hard to pick, and that's always a very because also it's it's changing a lot. Mm. But what I like from the beginning, and I, and I like that it's um, it's the opening track is um, out for the glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, killer. Yeah, very strong. Yeah, very strong. What about when you get an opportunity to go on tour again? You remember how Iron Maiden did uh, a matter of life and death from go to woe, from beginning to end. Is there a temptation here to do something similar? Mm, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, we're not we're not talking about the tour yet. So so much where we just started to collect ideas for a set list, and um, also you know the last time we already did kind of this best off set, and it was almost three hours long. Yeah, huge. And it's it's quite hard with with such a long history to to make a show that's not too tiring for people you know the, the last tour we we didn't went out a lot with other bands so it was just the most shows were just halloween so people would go there and watching a three hours halloween show which um was a lot of a lot of um energy and mm. and it, it took you you could clearly see people in in three hours you know um it's it's really hard to keep momentum momentum all the time and and so if i just imagine um, making a set from like you know you would start something with walls of Jericho and then you would end to where we are now um it's really hard to make a set you you would probably have to make two sets or something with a break in between but there are no plans plans for that right now hmm. yeah 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 it's uh we we just don't know when the world is going to open up again particularly to international travel i know here in australia in the state of victoria it's just gone down into lockdown again and no doubt that lockdown will be extended so god knows when we're going to get out of this but uh i remember just to your point there about three hour shows i remember suffering through a paul mccartney gig which was about three three hours 20 minutes i think it was that was far too long yeah and uh i mean i don't see that's 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 the point, you know. I mean, um, people go out there and and buying tickets to get entertained and and having a getaway from from daily daily work, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't know. A show shouldn't be draining, you know. Absolutely. Did you see that up on stage? Did you from where your vantage point was? Could you see people sort of tune in and out of the gig, looking at their phone, and then? For twenty minutes, and then sort of <laughs> turn back to watching the band. Did you see yeah. that? <laughs> well, no, not at our show. But you know, but nowadays it's hard to tell because people watching their phone all the time. You know, so it's yeah, it's it kind of you know. Um, no, I mean for the, the set list we had the last time, it was just perfect. And still, you have people nagging like, ah, oh, this song is missing and that song is missing. You know, so you, you can't you can't make it just just right for everyone. 
But mm-hmm. um, and then also, of course, we have to, um, you know, the the band is not it's not like a, a band of twenty year olds anymore either. You know, you kind of you kind of have to to give everything in a in a short amount of time. That's that's what I believe. It's uh, mm-hmm. just giving a lot of energy. And and giving a great show to the people to and keep it as much entertaining as it can get, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I th- I think three hours was like the 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 longest we we could make. The limit, yeah, yeah. Hey, have I got time for two more questions, or have you got another call coming through? In yeah, a yeah, sure. Okay, no, no, sweet. No, it's, yeah, it's fine. I asked Marcus this question because so many bands have albums. And themes, and uh, I used Operation Mindcrime as the example with Queenstrike. And for you guys, obviously, it's going to be the whole Keeper of the Seven Keys theme and series. Now, that's a blessing, but it can also be a burden. Do you feel a bit of that too, that fans always seem to expect, given that you did part three uh, with uh, The Legacy in 2005, I think it was, um, Mm-hmm. Do people hit you up or hit the band up on Facebook or what have you and say, when are you going to do part four? Um, well, there might be people being that way, but I'm I'm kind of thinking from what I, what I know about the reaction to this record now is that, is that this is probably the part three everyone was expecting for a long time. Uh-huh. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. You know, because... Because it's such a strong record, and 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 it's it's the maximum we're able to give with this lineup, you know. And mm. and um, I'm just and and also I have to say that during the years of, since I joined the band, you know, when I, when I joined the band, there was like a low point, um, kind of, you know, the mm. the band did just the Dark Ride album, which went into a totally different direction, and then Mikey was like, hey. That's not the way, way way it is. If you want to continue that way, I'm out. I wanna I wanna make make the music that Halloween was supposed to do, and and so Rapid Duncan Easy was kind of a turn point into showing, hey, that's we're going more the tra- traditional way again. Hmm. And and during the years, I could clearly tell um, that the audiences were going up, and and the audiences became much younger. So a lot of fans they joined the band when I was already there for a couple of albums. And, and so we now have like this beautiful, um, 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 fan base mm-hmm. of almost three generations sometimes, you know, depending on the region, but, but, um, you know, like in Germany, you have a lot of older fans, but for, if you go to Latin America, for instance, there are a lot of young fans yes. in the yeah. audience. Mm-hmm. Who weren't there when Keeper One and Two uh, were happening, you know? So, so that's that's kind of the that's the kind of the the plus side, um, um, you know, of our band that we that we have this wide um, fan base, mm. and so I think there's no demand for a, a Keeper Four album. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm hearing you. Yeah, there shouldn't be after this anyway. Uh, it's kind of like the band's just going through midlife at the moment and uh, healthy middle age, if you like, uh, with the strength of the uh, albums. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I feel absolutely, like. Absolutely. And and, and also, you feel, your feeling is right because we, we feel that ourselves, that it's like a new era. Um, Michael Kiske said it many times, and 
And so when he when he came back, he you know of course we we went on tour with Kai for a couple of times when we had a rock tours, and and we would always meet him here and there, but nobody was sure about how Michael would feel about being back in the band and 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 being with us on tour. And he's so much integrated, and and he loves us, and he says like, wow, that's that's a different band as as it was before, like um, socially from 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 social aspect, mm-hmm. and and it, it feels really complete. It's not it's it's like he was never gone. I think, mm-hmm. and and for me, it feels like feel like something. There's no stranger here, you know. Like he's he's like from the whole. Social aspect. He's a, he's a typical Halloween member, you know, like the humor and everything that comes uh, comes along with being part of Halloween. And so, yeah, it it just feels right, and and that's why I'm 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 just thinking it's it's this new era or this this fresh breeze coming in. Mm. And and uh, what I'm what I'm receiving from journalists is they are saying the same thing that everybody is receiving that what we what we've um, been into first, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely agree. I've, I've been listening to the band since Master of the Rings because I loved uh, Where the Rain Grows. In particular, I'm a bassist, you see, so <laughs> I, I love listening to Marcus's playing and he's always been such a tasty bass player, hasn't he? Very overlooked uh, in his contribution. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and and I feel Absolutely. like as though I feel like as though with you guys, it's it's as long as you guys want to keep on playing music for, there's always going to be that opportunity. But uh, I'm, I'm going to change tact, and I'm going to ask you a completely different question now, outside of Halloween. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to Michael Schenker about half a dozen times now, and mm-hmm. I think he he is beginning to become aware. I think of his profound influence. But I think if anybody can help him cross over into a mainstream audience, for obvious reasons that we spoke about up top, it would be you. I would love to see you and him <laughs> get together and do something featuring his guitar playing on music that sounds like Palast. What do you reckon? Oh, that, well, you, you've got to know that um, Michael uh, Schenker is, is, uh, has a huge influence on my guitar playing. Hmm. Um, so this was m- maybe like the first guitar hero sort of when I was starting guitar, w- w- who I was listening to. Hmm. And that basically brought me into into um, rock and metal guitar playing um, because of his tone, you know. Yeah. And um, and, and see, that's a, that's a funny part, because I was just talking to our uh, label boss who who is uh, also releasing his albums. Hmm. And and I told him. You know what? At one point, because because I'm I'm um, here in Berlin, I, I work as a photographer and 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 filmmaker. So I, I told him, well, you know what? Would be what would be great if him and I would have a get together. I would take nice portraits of him, and then we would probably sit together, like in a documentary style, and playing a little bit guitar together and talking about you know, like me interviewing him, kind of. And um, just having like this nice get together and and me taking like the visual aspect, taking pictures of him and hmm. playing guitar together, having that kind of sort sort of thing. That would be nice, you know. So it's funny that you're asking that because there are uh, ideas about that already. Uh, I'm not sure if he knows about that, but 
Um, yeah, as you said, I, I, also I know Michael Amott of Archenemy. He's nice. a huge fan of, of Michael Schenker too. And, and he's very much influenced by him as well. And, and I, I think he's, he's very underrated. Um, in, in for and a lot of young guitar players should listen to to what he he does, you know. Absolutely agree. Yeah, uh, I, I'm. Uh, the turn of the century gave me an opportunity to get into a lot of bands and artists that you couldn't really find through the '90s because you could find their CDs very cheaply in secondhand stores yeah. and the like. And Michael was one of those guys. And uh, I can hear he's playing. It's not just about Dave Mustaine and James Hetfield wearing Michael Schenker Group T-shirts in 1981. You can hear he's playing <laughs> in from death metal to black metal. It's right across the board. But I, I'm with you. I don't think a lot of so-called mainstream journalists in the media give him the credit that he's due. And I don't yeah, know. If, I don't know how that can change. But yeah, it should change. I think a lot of, especially a lot of younger people, are not really aware of of his abilities and mm. and about his influence, because you know nowadays if you if you look if, uh, as uh, um, at guitar players, um, it it started. I mean, it started that way already when it, when when I started playing guitar. It was all this like um, comparison to each other and and you know and playing faster and and higher and all this stuff. But now it it came to a certain point where where it's almost Olympics, you know. And then oh, yeah. there Michael Schenker comes in, where I'm, where I'm saying like, well, listen to someone whose guitar is just an extension of his body. He clearly can play pretty technical, maybe not as tech metal as the kids are into right now. But very technical at one point, and 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 he's the per, he he made the perfect combination of like neoclassical and also blues, combining that to to one style, and um, which you can listen to uh, in in a lot of metal bands nowadays. But his tone is not from this earth, you know. I, I saw him in in a, a couple of different shapes. So also when he was like on drugs and not not in a good shape. Yeah. But still, you know. But still, when you would you would stand there in a at a show and and still when he hits like the right notes and it it just hits you in the heart because he has this nice feeling and he's always playing fluently. It's really it's like an extension of his body. It's not it's it's more. Um, I would say um, um, body, mind, soul connection to his instrument, yeah. and and a lot of young people don't have that. They're always using just their their brain, you know, to play mm-hmm. an instrument, and it doesn't feel uh, feel to me that um, that it's coming from the heart. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to judge people too much, but you, you, I think you know what I mean. It's it, I it feels to me that it's all about showing off skills and and being very technical and not about the music itself. I think you're spot on. And just a bit about Michael there, uh, I, I think you, you're right. There are videos out there where he wasn't in the greatest shape. And uh, it was it was sad to see because I think poor old Michael has suffered through his life, particularly through the, the breakdown of the relationship with Rudy. And I've spoken to Rudy. I've spoken to Rudy about it, actually. And I've spoken to Michael mm-hmm. about it too. And, and it doesn't look like there'll ever be a reconciliation there. But I, and I think from, from a rock and metal fan's perspective, I always like to think, particularly people in my position, indie journalists, getting an opportunity to interview so many of the great leading lights of the genre, 
you know, Michael's just one of those guys who has just been doing his thing for so long. And uh, I'd love to, I've got to say now, I'd love to write his autobiography, ghostwrite it for him, because he has this story that I think once his story is told and people see him outside of the guy behind the guitar, it's going to make him far more relatable. And that's that's great too, mate, for you to be doing that, that portrait exercise that you're talking about there. I'd love to see that in like a GQ or one of those, you know, those magazines that get very broad publication and they're in airports, that sort of thing. I'd love to yeah. see Michael in one of them. Absolutely, absolutely. That, that would be great. Also, mm. also because you know, I, I always feel like a wanderer in, in bet, between um, two worlds. Because you know, um, from my age, I was listening to a lot of old music, very old mm. music. Like people in school, when when I was young, um, they were not listening to any of this music. They were all into um, hip hop was coming up and they were on in techno and then they, and there, and there was Nirvana and all that stuff happening, you yeah. know? Mm. So, but I was listening to old school music. I would listen to, to, uh, I, I don't know, um, old pop music and old rock music. And also Michael Schenker was kind of, kind of outdated by that time, Yeah, you know, for, for kids my age, you know, I don't know. And, and so for me, it's like knowing all these old music and then also I started with old Marshall amplifiers and playing the guitars and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I know about that, but also mm. I'm a, I'm a, a pretty modern musician using modern techniques and, and, and hanging out with a lot of younger people. So mm. I'm kind of in between both worlds, you know, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe that, that could be a good idea to kind of connect all that, you know? Yeah. If anybody can do it, it's you because you, 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 you have feet firmly planted in two worlds, but you're doing it. That's the thing. It's not like Palaster's one of these bedroom projects. It's a legitimate project and you're getting on international festivals and you've got decent, very good videos, I've got to say, like high-tech videos with great visuals. So it doesn't <laughs> – yeah, I love that one where you're in the desert. That's a that's a great video. Yeah. You, you, you know what? The thing is um, all the videos you're seeing, I, I'm doing them myself. Hmm. So – the, the whole video production, everything, because um, I, I sometimes I would be stand there with a gimbal filming myself when I'm singing, so, <laughs> and, and so every every video of Palace you're seeing, it's it's basically uh, it's it's me doing that, and at some point when when I'm in the picture and it needs to be handheld, I, I give it to my assistant holding the camera, and you know, mm. but but all the videos you're seeing, I'm, I'm doing myself. I'll, I'll, that's that's nice to hear someone. From from the scene, um, um, liking those videos, it's fun. Yeah, no, it's it's very good, Sasha. You've done you've done you're doing a great job. I've got to say, and there needs to be more of what you do. But, oh, thank you. you know, it's, there's not going to be, mate. You know, there's you're an outlier, as I call people like yourself. You know, there's I, literally there's nobody out there doing what you do at the level that you do it in a killer band like Halloween, and then you've got this synth electro backslash rock project. I suppose you know, given that it's course for verse chorus verse and sort of a setup there with that one there but uh you're doing it and uh look i'll leave things there thank you so much for the conversation uh hope to see you guys yeah, down you here you know that that'd be awesome yeah that would that would be great as soon as this um stuff is over you know i just hope that that's just that's the thing we're missing a lot as musicians that to go on on stage and on playing and also like the social interaction you're you're having with people you know that that night you're playing somewhere it's it's really it's really being missed. 
That it is, and we miss you guys. We miss these these wonderful bands. We miss the uh, even there's some local bands that are starting to play, but it's always great to see a Halloween or a a big band come through too because it brings all of the oldies out brings all of the fans out that don't necessarily go to shows and it gives it a bit of a buzz and a bit of a vibe you know what i mean because you're at, you're at the yeah, center of absolutely. it absolutely yeah yeah absolutely yeah. killing mate all right well thanks so yeah. much for the conversation yeah yes same same here and and thank you for checking out all the stuff i'm doing i'm almost kind of surprised <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully there's more of it no keep, keep keep doing both as long as you can man i'm enjoying it thanks man thanks brother no worries see ya all right Okay, Take care. Bye-bye. You. you too. Well, there you have it, the conversation featuring Sasha Gerstner from Halloween. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go across to scarsandguitars.com where you'll find 600 more just like it. Something else, I truly appreciate it. If you could like, subscribe, and share, go across and like my Facebook page and my Instagram page. That all helps out. Until next time, thanks so much for listening.